So anyway, so you're recording in the dining room. Why? Is there something wrong where you normally record, or is that where you normally record? Well, so it depends. Sometimes I record in the dining room. Sometimes I record in my office. But my office okay. is just not. It's not a good spot right now. So yeah. We're going to go ahead and just do it in the in the dining room tonight. Folks, you're going to have to deal with Echo. I apologize. Oh, I should also mention, welcome to the show, everybody. This is the podcast. Oh, my the, God. The we podcast. have been recording. Yes. Yeah. The podcast. The story just real quick. We will never die. Never. Never say die. Never. Goonies never say die. Those guys, too. So, yeah, we're doing this. And, of course, I'm Matt Peters. And, as always, she's Lex Toberfest, Lex Lutz. Oktoberfest. Yeah. yeah why not? It's not even October, brother. What are you thinking? It's What's always, going on? It's always Oktoberfest season. All right. Yeah, that's what I've been told. I mean, damn, I'm not drinking my beer. That's unfortunate. Yeah, I'm I'm drinking coffee, so I'm definitely going against the grain here for the Oktoberfest feel. Anyway, just go with it. It's Ooh, fine. I'm going in the opposite direction of you. I'm in white wine mommy mode. Ooh. I'm I'm I'm, I'm doing a little riesling nice. right now. Do like a yeah. good Riesling. Oh, yes. I like two wines. <laughs> <laughs> I like Riesling and Moscato. That's what I've discovered. Well, End of list. <laughs> so far. I've, uh, I've, I've, just, I've just recently tried uh, Moscato for the first time, thanks to uh, good friends Archie and Jack Wynette. You know, oh, when, you, when you have friends and you don't see them very often, sometimes... You exchange Christmas presents very late in the year. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> and we call yeah. them, we just, we, we call them, you know, Black History Month presents. Why not? Um, because, yeah. yeah, we, we dig that and cool. we saw each other for the first time. Actually, it wasn't even Black History Month. It was just a couple weekends ago. Uh, also hung out, uh, with, with some other good friends from out of town. But yeah, I mean, hey, C2E2, it gets crazy. Um, they better come to the show. <laughs> One would hope. When I'm in town. That's right. So, speaking of our show, folks, we got a show. We're coming up live, y'all. Lex is coming to Chicago. It's going to be yeah. nuts. It's going to be crazy style, y'all. It's 6.30 p.m. Wednesday, May the 8th. We're going to be opening the Chicago Nerd Comedy Festival. It's an institution at this point. This is the seventh year yeah. of the show, and they're putting us up first. We're setting the tone. I see. I did not know that, and I was not nervous. And now I'm like, oh no! All right, cool. I'm very excited. Okay. Well, you know, you could always just like tank the show before then, so nobody comes to our live performance. You still got a couple I'll just, episodes. I'll go. I'll go full Bill O'Reilly when he's mm. like, "Fuck it, we'll do it live. We'll do it live." Like, and just losing it on stage yes beginning yes. and end of career yeah <laughs> the end that's it the end. <laughs> it's been fun guys this is how our podcast gets canceled <laughs> <laughs> i thought podcasts couldn't get canceled well let me tell you friend oh, you were wrong oh, they can get canceled <laughs> fucking watch you know that, I will uh, find a way. Life uh, finds a way, motherfuckers. <laughs> that elusive call from Anna Ferris that we've been expecting. It ain't happening. That's it. If the phone don't ring, it's her. Oh, my God. That's the only yeah. country song I really know. If the phone don't ring, Is that ring, a country song? It I is. Thought, I it's, thought you were just making a shitty quote. It's the <laughs> like, best name of a country I song. I on the shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I love it. I love, I love punny 
country songs. I love it when they're witty, you know, and not just talking about, yeah, I'm having oh. fun, I'm drinking and dancing and trucks and bats and guns and smoking. And, oh, yeah. I yeah. When I saw earlier, when I was going through Instagram and I saw Basic Stitch for a knitter, <laughs> <laughs> for a, a knitting person on Instagram that I was following, mm-hmm. and I sent that to you, I was like, this is the great, and you were, no. No, <laughs> no, I do love a good pun, but that one was like, wow, that was just oof, 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 oof. Um, what the word you're looking for is perfection. <laughs> sure, we'll go with that. Sure, perfection. <laughs> so we put out the we put out the call sign again mm-hmm. a couple of days ago, and we, we got a, we got a bite. We got another we got another request from one of our listeners. And I'm ready. Are you are you ready to tackle this question? I am, and I'm very excited because we decided. Not, okay, well, you go ahead with the question. No, okay, we'll detail. Okay. Well, um, <laughs> I'm I'm just paraphrasing, of course, because yeah, the, you're good. The question has been lost to time. It's been <laughs> it's lost in our Twitter feed. It's been lost to time. So one of our one of our uh, our great listeners and friend of the show, Teresa, asked us to list our six favorite tv shows that we love yeah it wasn't it wasn't clear so here's the thing yep. it wasn't totally clear if this was like all-time tv shows if it's six favorite shows right now on the air or what mm-hmm. so we kind of decided to just do all time right we Charlie? made our own rules like, we we right. set we set the rules so we could have a good conversation here yes. uh well we'll let you guys be the judges of that so all right. I, I, so we didn't share our lists with each other because I thought that would be more fun. That's right. And I, now I can't wait to see if we overlap at all. I, well, I, I can almost guarantee we will overlap at least one. Just one. I'm I'm pretty sure because I, I set additional rules for myself, <laughs> which I'll get into <laughs> as your, I go down okay. the list. Um. So one thing I didn't do, and I don't know if you did, I did not put mine in order. No, like, neither did I. Like, okay, okay. I just was like, okay. One through six, whatever. So there's no, like, top dog, you know, this is the greatest show of all time. Yeah. It's MASH. Everyone, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> what did that mean? That would just solidify my the fact that I am a young woman, but actually an old man living in a young woman's body. If I'm like, my favorite show is MASH. I mean... I just, yeah, I was, I was never, and I, I might have even mentioned this on the show before. Stop me if you've heard this one. Um, I could never get in a mash because every time I heard that theme song growing up, I knew it was time to go to bed. And it was just like a Pavlovian response. Just like, oh, well, mash is on. I feel like I would have been into mash if it had been played when I was a kid, but the reruns weren't played when I was a kid. Mm. So I saw like, Brady, I'm like, I saw shows that were on, like, very old shows. I mean, I watched Annie Griffith. I watched I Love Lucy. I watched, like, a lot of old shows when I was a kid. Yeah. But I didn't watch MASH. So I'm guessing that in those years it just wasn't on? I mean, I don't know. It, whatever, <laughs> when I was a kid, it was like, is it on Nick at Night? Or is <laughs> it on, it, usually Nick at Night and then TV Land on occasion. Mm. So those those are my go-tos. I don't, you know... Yeah, yeah. I mean, all time TV shows. This was some this of the hardest. Tough. Yeah, this was tough. This is some of the hardest stuff that I had to 
I had to really parse out here. And I have so many runners up too. And I'm sure so you I, have them yes. listed. I have a couple I have a couple of, of honorable mentions. So my thing too was as I was making this list as well, I realized that <laughs> I could probably make a top six movies list much easier. Yeah. Same. I think this was a revelation for me of, oh, I like television more than movies, which is something I've been going through for a while now. Mm-hmm. When I was a kid, like when I was a teenager, I wanted to be a filmmaker and, you know, I applied to film schools and everything like that. And so I like that was I was that was it. I wanted to be, you know, a Spielberg. I wanted that. Um, And what's funny is the things that I connected to the most, even though I loved movies, at the end of the day, I always came back to television shows. I rewatch television shows more than I rewatch movies. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I mean, I rewatch certain movies, but. Something about the long form st- storytelling is just you can't beat it. You it's know? like comfort um, food, you know, it is. Yeah. And there are shows that I, you know, that you rewatch as well, but isn't on my list. Like like, for example, Friends is okay. not on my list, mm-hmm. but I can always watch Friends because of what you're talking about. It's comfort food. Like Fair. it's it is it is a warm blanket of happiness, you know, whatever the show may be. Well, that's kind of how I am too, because Third Rock is on my runner-up list. You know, Third oh, Rock, yeah. Third, Third Rock, Rock from the Sun. Because every time, like, I would, if I if I was taking a sick day, I would just have a Third Rock marathon when it was on Netflix. So, yeah. I totally feel you on it's that. It's on Amazon now, by the way. Oh, good. Okay, yeah. Last time so, I checked it. Next time I get sick, I know where to go. That's funny because last time I was sick, that's what I watched. Nice. Yeah, I know that's weird. Maybe I just like put that thought in your head. Hey, should we be friends? Ooh. Like, oh, let's think about that. (laughs) So one of my one of my honorable mention shows was The Wonder Years. Mm, Yeah. And that was a really influential show for me. And now that I think about it, I think it influenced a lot of my love of history too. Mm, Okay. Because I've never been exposed to anything like that. That show was very unique. Um, and that was a show that for years was not available on DVD, not streaming, nowhere. All because, because of the music so rights. Music, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they had to fight, and basically what they ended up with, they got all of the music except for The Doors, wow. I believe, was the music. And that's funny, because that was his signature walking away music, was Turn, Turn, Turn. That's not The Doors. No? Oh my gosh, no, what am I saying? The bird. <laughs> the it's doors, okay. the birds, there, whatever. There no, like no, no, no. There is like an episode um, that's basically a Doors episode. They have to replace oh. all the music. But honestly, if you're going to lose any music from that show, lose yeah. the Doors. Fuck the Doors. Oh, man. That, you know, they have the organ, you know, the rock organ. That's signature. It's good stuff. Yeah, sure. Though yeah. They got some songs. Yeah, you know, Jim Morrison, They're, shirtless sure. and all that. Yeah, you know, he sure. rocks. Okay. Anyway, anyway. Sure. So I know everyone goes through that phase. I think I think you're right, but man, "Light My Fire" was just an obnoxiously long song. Yeah, I think that's the problem that I run into at the end of the day with the Doors, where I'm like, "What? Why? This is too long." (laughs) You know what? I love the Beatles, but they've got a couple of those shit too. Ooh, yeah, yeah. They no, I I mean, hot takes. I I hate to say it, I agree with you. It's like you go through certain, um like eras of the Beatles growing up. You know, when, when you're younger, of course, it's the hits. I love the Beatles, by the way. Like, I love I, them too, I, but I kind of love them from a distance at this point, just because I'm like, all right, I've heard it. I get it, guys. It's it's fine. Yeah. You know, I totally get it. Uh, I, I Like, I, I am evolving into like, you know, when I was a teenager, I loved, like, I loved Nirvana. 
I yeah. loved Kurt Cobain. And now I'm like, I, okay, now I'm like, fucking, man, Soundgarden's really good. Why did I, like, Pearl Jam's really good. Why did I think this was the best that grunge had to offer? Like, I'm sorry, Chris Cornell has the best voice in grunge. Yeah, like, no, yes. oh my yes. God, yes, definitely. I mean, as a solo artist, as Soundgarden, as, um, yep. oh my goodness, the third band, uh, the third act that he was with. Audio Slave? Audio Slave, yes, thank yeah. you. Oh my God, I got old man brain tonight. Yeah, Audio Slave, I was just obsessed with that first album. Like, I listened to every song on there because yeah, I thought they just hit great. the nail on the head. It's like, yes, this is yeah. how you and music. Music, so back to the television, because this is, per- like, television not only influenced me on like so many but like the music that i found a lot of it i found through television like i don't know about you but i was like oh i found you know i made mixes i found artists that i still listen to and follow today oh definitely like uh for example scrubs sure that was where i first heard joshua radin that's where i first heard colin hay where i first paid yeah. attention to who colin hay is you know yeah i was gonna say he's been around for a while but that doesn't yeah. mean that you necessarily yeah. pay attention to him but yeah no and then you follow <laughs> that, like and you follow them for years and you're like oh my god i love this person and then you almost forget that, that you found them that way right right so, it's yeah. always just kind of like yeah and of course you know alan thick <laughs> and his uh his theme songwriting oh, prowess god and so his good. His his child making prowess okay. as well. Um, <laughs> yeah, remind me later. Just on the okay. to, to to wrap up the Beatles tangent. Remind me later to tell you or no, talk go for to now. you. Finish it now. Okay, so there's a movie coming yeah, out let's do it. that D showed oh, me a trailer yeah, for. Oh, that looks good. Called Yesterday. Yeah. And it's coming out soon, and it's got Ed Sheeran, but it's got <laughs> he's just a side character. I don't even know why I brought him up. But basically, oh, it's like, it's by the team that did Slumdog Millionaire. But the premise yeah. of the film, for those that don't know is that there's a guy who basically goes into a coma, and when he wakes up, he wakes up in a world that never heard of the Beatles. So he's a musician, and when he starts playing these amazing songs that no one has ever heard before, Mm -hmm. they think of him as some type of savant. So mm-hmm. he's like doing the rounds on TV and everything. And then at the end of the trailer, they show like the, uh, the signature, uh, bare feet come into the scene. Yeah. Like these two men here say that they, they, they wrote these songs and you stole it from them. And it's like, ooh, what's going to happen? So yeah, it looks pretty trippy. I'm, I'm interested in checking that out. Uh, if you would have just explained the plot to me, like you just did, I would be like, that sounds like a stupid, <laughs> stupid movie. <laughs> But, like, seeing the trailer, I was like, oh, I don't right. know if it's the Beatles music that's selling it or what, but I'm into this. It's the same thing with, like, Across the Universe. Like, did oh, you ever yeah. see Across the Universe? You're not yeah. a musical person, but that, I'm usually that movie, not, but that was so, really good. So you're like, it's a Beatles musical. I'd be like, uh, okay. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you'd be like, okay. But I love that movie. Like, that movie's awesome to me. So sometimes it's just, you know, it's the right director and the right everything for it to work but yeah i'm interested in that one as well 12 years ago that came out so we're due for another beatles movie i guess are you serious man i feel old 2007 i know i know i remember watching it in my apartment just like oh wow okay because i saw it in theaters archie let me borrow it because i just let it Mm. go i was like forget it archie was like no you gotta watch this you gotta watch it i'm like okay guess what if it's got evan rachel wood you're I'm in. there. So I, I turned Take off Tosh.0. <laughs> I turned off Tosh.0 and I like unpopped my collar and I watched Across the Universe and I was <laughs> I was so entertained. It was so good. 
Oh, I'm glad I didn't know you then. Yeah, no, All I right. was a, I was an asshole. Um, okay, so yeah, what are your honorable <laughs> mentions then? Let's do that. Okay. And we'll the actual list. All right, so we'll do honorable mentions all in one go. We're not, we're not going to dwell on them too much. I'll just rattle all mine off. Yes, we will. Whatever. Dude. Okay, yeah. Go ahead. Um, <laughs> you're gonna yeah. So I'm starting off strong with the honorable mentions with The Office and Parks and Rec sharing a slot. Okay. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, Steven Universe. Okay. Adventure Time. Yep. S- Seinfeld. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the Simpsons. Uh, Animaniacs. Breaking Bad. Oh my God, Matt! I know the aforementioned. Your honorable mentions is long. I know the aforementioned Third Rock from the Sun, and last but not least, Thirty Rock. <sighs> okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. I didn't make a whole honorable mentions list. <laughs> uh, I just wrote the Wonder Years okay. and um, I put my teen dramas. Mm. It's my Dawson's Creeks. It's my One Tree Hills. The Dawson's. It's my okay. It's my uh, it's my jams. Yeah. All of those. All well, pretty much those two. <laughs> I kind of <laughs> like the OC. I kind of like you know. I, I dabbled in. In a lot of these, these the early things. the early two thousand um, WB lineup basically is your honorable yeah. mention. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Um, absolutely, mm-hmm. I had a hard time not putting them on the list, but at the same time, I was like, ah, this is yeah. I okay. Yeah, so, so I feel like people that have been listening to the show long enough are gonna know what's gonna be on your list, basically. Because you you talk about shows you like quite a bit on the show, so that's fair. I think sure, maybe. people will know, but I, I, I'm, I'm wondering if I'm wrong. So please, by all means, your all right, first. I'm gonna pick. do. I'll do one, and then you do one. You know okay, what I mean? Okay. 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 <laughs> um, the Office. <laughs> <laughs> yep, saw that coming. That's why yeah. I paused after yeah. I said it on mine. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, 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 mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. yeah. But no, The Office, man. Like that. That show is is groundbreaking, um, in a lot of ways, but. More than that, I can watch it anytime, and it's funny. Yes. It's always good. 100% agree. It's always good, except yeah. for the majority of that first season. No, false. It's all good. Mm. Even season, even the seasons after Michael, they're all Ooh, good. Okay, all right. Yeah, you you had a rewatch it. It's you had things. a you had a rewatch with the post Michael seasons, and without that, that without that pressure hanging over it, like oh, is he going to show up for the last one? I think it is a lot more enjoyable. I agree. But I yeah. still say it's not as strong as the Michael years. The, well, the no, Michael years after season strong. two. Yeah. Like, it's still good. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't mean, like, everyone acts like you just skip over it. I'm like, no, 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 no. No, no, no. You don't skip. <laughs> it's all good. Yeah. There's some funny stuff in that. Like, I, you know, I think that we just, we go, Michael is, the, like, that show is an ensemble. And like Parks and Rec was still good after you lost Chris and Anne. Yeah. Like the office is still good after you lose Michael. He's he is a important part of the show, but he's not the only part of the show. You're right. You're right. That's my opinion on it. So I'm totally there with you, you on that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. Name one for you. All right. My first. I feel bit. like you're going to this. OK, my prediction for you. You yeah. you said that that um, I would name stuff that everyone knows. My mm-hmm. prediction for you is you're going to name shit that I've never even watched. <laughs> that would be my guess. I can I can think of I'm looking at my list now. I see one on the list that you maybe may not be aware of. Okay. But everything else you're totally you're totally down with. 
Um, so my first one, which I feel like is an obvious choice for me, Batman the Animated Series. I love oh, okay. yeah. this show. Now, this gets into um, one of my little uh, personal rules that I made for myself. I didn't want to make it all animation. So this yeah. is one of the few animated shows that I put on a list. It's one of two, basically. Um, so Batman Guess the Animated Series. how many series, animated shows I have on my list. That's a big goose egg. You got none on your list. None. That's right. None. Although <laughs> Bob's Burgers would be the one. Ooh. Now I'm surprised I didn't make your honorable mentions, but I'm also surprised I didn't make mine. I, I didn't, didn't even I think didn't make of it. I didn't make the giant honorable mentions, so I would have. Oh, yeah. it, it like had I. I mean, yeah. Bob's Burgers is amazing. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> Batman animated series. Go. Batman animated series. So Paul Dini and Bruce Tim. Uh, you know, all these amazing voice actors, including Mark Hamill and Kevin Conroy. I mean, you just have so much talent involved in this show. Uh, a lot of people don't know that Paul Dini, uh, started, uh, at Warner Brothers doing Tiny Toon Adventures, Animaniacs, stuff like that. So he brought all of that love and skill with him, uh, to Batman the Animated Series. Uh, I mean, all these guys are veterans of the Warner Brothers, um, you know, family there. But yeah, this, this show, it was just so captivating to me as a kid because it captured everything that I loved about the movies without all the weird adult shit, basically. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, one good thing about animated shows, especially at that time period, is that they still had to appeal to standards and practices. So there were some things that these sometimes very perverted animators, uh, you know, sometimes to a detriment, wanted to put in the show that they weren't allowed to. Um, to they, be clever. You had to be clever with it, and sometimes that resulted in better comedy. Yeah, uh, absolutely. You know, famously, you know, uh, fuck John Crifalusi, but everybody else involved with Ren and Stimpy was doing a great job. But oh, then yeah. when it came back on Spike TV and they took the brakes off, it was like, oh, this is just gross for being gross. You know, there was yeah. no creativity to it whatsoever. Same thing. There was with, another uh, show where that was a problem and I can't quite remember. Sorry, go ahead. you might have. Get yeah, yeah, no, no. Rocco's Modern Life was kind of like that, too. But mm, no, you know. I was thinking of a live action show for some reason in my brain that mm, like mm -hmm. that, like came back in a different type of setting or format or whatever. And I was like, mm. oh, yes. Twin Peaks. Yeah, okay. Twin Peaks came back on Showtime. And, mm -hmm. I mean, there were a lot of things that were, you know, whatever about that. Um, but the fact that they could come back on Showtime and you're like, there are boobs. There's this, like, what? This is not right. Like, this is, this feels <laughs> wrong. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. feel like the same show. So, yeah, this, this cartoon was just groundbreaking and it set the tone for, Superhero animated cartoons till you know to today basically. Paul Dini is I would still argue working. That's, that is the golden age of animated cartoon like that. Definitely, Paul like Dini and, and, and yeah. Bruce Timm are still working with Warner Brothers. Um, there was a, a comic actually, and this is actually tied into Batman animated. Uh, there was a comic that Paul Dini wrote a couple of years ago called Dark Knight: A True Batman Tale, and it kind of gives a, an autobiographical look at his life around the time that the show was being created, uh, hmm. down to the point where he was actually uh, attacked uh, in an alley, and he had to get, like, facial reconstructive surgery and everything. I mean, they just beat him senseless. 
and uh, and and robbed. Wait, he got really? Mugged. Yeah, or, in real, in real life, comic? this this happened. Oh this is an auto, this is an autobiographical comic, and it's it's actually broken up uh, with appearances uh, by his psyche, represented by Batman and the Rogues, like Joker and all that sort of thing. Just like you know uh-huh. the the angel and the devil on his shoulder talking to him and all that. Um, he makes a lot That's of confessions great. about what you know type of mindset he was in how he got obsessed with just kind of being inside all the time and playing video games and not really putting himself into his creativity and how he works on getting through that even today so it's it's a very unique look at the mind of one of the uh creators of that show so check that out if you get a chance so uh the show itself i mean they recently uh re-released it in hd through the uh the dc universe app and on blu-ray I was gonna uh, say, did they have they done Blu-rays? But yeah, yeah, yeah they've done Blu-rays as well and digital. If you want to just buy them on iTunes or something like that, and it's no, just I like my physical copies. Old yeah. man, old <laughs> man Lex. I do too, and it's great until you start running out of room. But it's wonderful. It's beautiful. Um, YouTube has a side-by-side comparison of the restoration they did with the intro alone. It'll give you goosebumps watching it. It's like being a kid again. If you That's haven't cool. seen Batman animated somehow, you need to check it out. It's great. It's not on Amazon more, anymore, is it? Because of DC's um, thing? The, I think the standard definition versions uh, may yeah. still be on Amazon, but like I said, DCU digital Blu-ray, it's, it's on sale all the time on Blu-ray. Like it goes up yeah. and down all the time. So check it out. It's worth it. Yeah. Get your physical copies for the apocalypse, man. Mm-hmm, you got to exactly. be able to watch them in the bunker. That's right. Make sure you We're have a Blu-ray have player. Wi-Fi. No, you got to make sure you have a Blu-ray player that doesn't have to check in on the internet to work too. So. Yup. Yeah. Check. <laughs> <laughs> All right. VHS, not. <laughs> <laughs> Go to if if when the apocalypse takes place, break into an Urban Outfitters, get those VHS tapes. Oh God. <laughs> All right, but them. it's your turn. It's your turn. Okay. My next one is 30 Rock. 30 Rock. Of course. Yeah, of course. Um, I would say that more than anyone else, other than like, like I mentioned Spielberg, Tina Fey has the biggest influence on my life. I grew Mm. up with her being on SNL, being on Weekend Update, being the head writer of SNL. And then she goes and does 30 Rock and then she makes, you know, movies and continues to work now. And she's done, you know, Kimmy Schmidt and that show Great News that was amazing that unfortunately got canceled because they're idiots at FBC. Um, (laughs) That show could have run, you know, five years. I would have been really happy. Uh, But 30 Rock is. For me. I mean, I'd be hard pressed to say it's not the funniest show of all time for me, like. Mm. Like, nothing else makes me laugh the level of 30 Rock. There's so many jokes in every single scene that you can watch it so many times and catch a new joke every time. Oh, for sure. I mean, it's it's just, it's the best. It's, I mean, it's my it's my favorite, you know. Um, yeah. I, 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 I had to include it. Her influence is so strong, so. Yeah, yeah. She's, she's a powerhouse creator. And yeah, I'm, I'm, I love the fact that she's so, you know, humble about it, too. Yeah, I realize it's very popular to dislike Tina Fey right now. I don't give a fuck. I That's love right. Tina Fey. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, that, <laughs> that takes us into, into another story that we were going to bring up later. So I'm not even going to touch that right now. Yeah. I don't, right. I don't care about your hot takes. <laughs> hot takes. Unless they're very valid and then I do care about them. Okay. All right. What's yeah. your next one? My next one. The one, the only boy meets world. Oh, I did yes. not expect that one. No, okay. really? Okay. Well, no. I thought I did it. That, that I, was the one I thought you knew I was going to put on there. No. Ah, okay. No, that surprised okay. me. So that the game would be is on my honorable for... mentions as well. Oh, If I wow. were to make an honorable mention. Okay. All right. All right. Because that and I, it, the Savage Brothers, I had that and Wonder Years. I watched those a lot as a kid. Yeah. In yeah. Like I even enjoyed the later seasons where it basically became the Sean Show featuring Corey. Oh. I'm sorry, not the Sean Show, the Eric Show featuring Corey. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Kind of. That was actually. I thought that was more early on. I don't remember. It became more about Corey and Topanga's <laughs> marriage at the very end. Like it well, was see, all about that. And that was kind of sad because they had such a sad life near the end of it. Like something happened to Corey along the way. Well, let me let me back up a second. So one of the reasons that I like the show is because it tends it tended to reinvent itself quite often. Oh, it did. Yeah, for sure. It's it started out as like just you know the How regular many theme songs did that show have. I what know, and they were all wonderful. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I love the one where they're just kind of hanging out on the stoop, and then they get in the sports car and they're driving off. Total nineties intro. Oh, yeah. I loved it. Yeah. So yeah, they went through this. They went through transition periods with all the characters, um, even uh, to the point where when they graduated from high school. They had callbacks to all the old characters that kind of disappeared along yes, the way. <laughs> like Minkus. Yeah, yeah. So there's like... something about that show where you're watching it and then the Topanga makes the switch to hot. Yo, oh, and yeah, you're like, yeah. oh no, oh no, I this is this is uncomfortable now. I can't do that. What? Huh? I, I would say the opposite. It was very comfortable and I appreciate the fact that they <laughs> did not try to keep her in that same character mode. They were like, oh no. She is a total smoke show, and we need to let her blossom. Yeah, and yeah, let her do no, her thing. for sure. Yeah, that was. Yeah, they let the characters evolve, and yeah, yeah it's a it was a great show. It was yeah. a really great show. It, it um, had it had a series of. End, uh, I thought that the end was like very into like you're talking about them being sad in the beginning of their marriage and everything. I thought that that went along with the show though. Like that was the you know the heart of the show was they will deal with the hardships of things. Yeah, um, yeah. And then, but, that, but at the end, it'll it'll be okay. That was they kind had of the whole to thing. they had to kind of change um, Ben Savage's like character a little bit just to make that work yeah. though. Like he became almost kind of like a, a a cringer sort of a character, you know? Like he was just very neurotic all the time, you know? Yeah. Like he was I really. Think that, that was. And like, I think that that was actually a, a, an interesting move, though. It was like a natural progression. Like he would be a neurotic guy, like yeah. at that age, at 18, yeah. 19, like that, that fits like it checks to me. I'm like, oh, yeah, he's going through this stage of figuring out who he is. Mm-hmm, and he's mm-hmm. also married, which is that can go, you know, really well or really horribly. Well, the um, reason why the reason why I do like that, though, was because it gave Topanga an opportunity to be so supportive 
and so strong in that marriage. She yeah. was definitely the backbone of that relationship. Oh, like, yeah. From the time that she first kissed him on that show, like she basically was just saying, look, you know, we're meant to be together. You're mm-hmm. my man. We're doing this. And, you know, I'm going to make sure that we both survive. And I, yeah, I, I got this. Yeah. 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 I appreciated that, that depiction of her character. Yeah. And, I, I, I did too. <laughs> you know, callback. I know that you mentioned that you don't really uh, recognize voice actors too much, but Wolfred L, of course, his brother Eric, yeah. also played uh, Terry McGinnis on Batman Beyond. Oh, I was going to go straight to Kim Possible. That too. Yeah. I mean, unstoppable. <laughs> that's right. He was, oh, he was so stoppable on that show. He was very stoppable. Yes. And of course, Mr. Feeney, William Daniels, the voice of Kit, the car from Knight Rider. Oh, yeah. That's right. I always forget about that. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. <laughs> I remember just the, the Kim Possible thing real quick. I remember playing. Disney Channel had, like, on their website, they had a bunch of games from the show. And they had this game. And I'm curious if anyone else played this, although I don't know if anyone else is in my age range where they would have played it. But, like, they had this game where you were Rufus, which was Ron's naked mole rat. And you were were in the, like, burrito place. And you were putting the toppings on, like, the burrito. So it was like, if it's a burrito, it has to be salsa. If it's the, if it's the ice cream cone, it has to be like the hot fudge. And you had to get the right thing. And then it would get faster. They would come out faster. Nachos that needs cheese. And like, I remember playing that forever. I was obsessed with that game. I loved it. It was oh. so addictive and fun. Okay. Can you grant me two minutes for a side note? Yeah. I mean, okay. I just went on one, so. I'm, I, but it's completely unrelated to everything we're talking about, except for what you were just talking about. Um, okay. Disney Channel games. Yes. They still exist. And the best game. The best game. Wait. Are you telling me that I can play this this Kim Possible game? Yes. I'm looking now? at it right now. You can play. What? No, wait. After we're done recording. Uh, you <laughs> but my wait, favorite game. <laughs> oh, my God. It's there for you. But my oh, favorite game shit. on the Disney game website was Lilo and Stitch 625 Sandwich Stacker. Yes, Sandwich Stacker. That was Thank an you. awesome game. Yes. yes. Yes, it was. Yes, 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 yes. I love Lilo and Stitch so much. Sometimes I'll just deep dive into Lilo and Stitch like lore because it fascinates me. Just the fact that this character, that this franchise is just so insistent. It has a weird lasting power. Yes. It really does. With the rides, with the shows, with the movies. Anyway, anyway, anyway. The experiment that they made before Stitch, who's 626, was just an, a little alien monster who was obsessed with making sandwiches. 625. <laughs> yeah. And that was like, you know, the funniest thing to me because all these other ones, they all had their little quirks and everything. They were like, oh, this one can control rain. This one can control the earthquakes and all that stuff. But no, this one just likes making sandwiches. And they made him, like, so funny. And he's my favorite character on that show. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, but I'm searching this Kim Possible thing. And it was it was so funny because it said, Kim Possible, Bre- uh, uh, Bueno Rufus. <laughs> it's called Bueno Rufus. <laughs> bueno Rufus. Oh, my goodness. 
It's mm-hmm. funny the things that Disney Channel does for us. But this is not the last appearance of a Disney property on my list. Oh, I should I should close out the Boy Meets World segment with um ladies. Oh my god. <laughs> you I have lost I've lost Lex, guys. She's gone. That's it. I've lost her to, to, uh, to the Disney games. That's it. But anyway, closing out the, the Boy Meets World portion. Um oh, I don't want to get it's a virus. great that it survives now through Girl Meets World. That they bought it back that way. I thought that was kinda cute. Yeah, it got canceled, but yeah, it was. I mean, for the moment, you know, it was cool. <laughs> it came back, and they had the whole cast on there. It was it was very heartwarming for me to see that happen, so it's kind of cool. Oh, my God. I had to minimize it. I can't. Yeah. <laughs> very excited. Although they're all saying I need to download it. I need to download mm-hmm. the root, and I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> not, on my, not on my laptop. Sorry. Nope. Oh, okay. yeah. I mean, I wouldn't either, but I, I also want to play it. <laughs> okay. All right, so next one, I'm gonna go with the other the other obvious one, which is the show that got me into comic books, okay. Smallville. Ah, yep. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. I didn't have any interest in superheroes before Smallville. I didn't buy into it really. It wasn't my thing. And Smallville, like I discussed. So I, what happened was I ended up, I bought like season two on dvd i did this a lot when i was a kid i would buy a random season of a tv show because i like the cover Mm. so it was like season two i was like oh this dvd and then i was like wait what's happening like huh (laughs) um and then i ended up going back and watching it and then i jumped on season three Mm. was when i like started watching it live and i watched it from that point until the end of it um It's always bittersweet when you catch up with a show that you're, you know, just finding in its like later years, because then it's like, oh crap, now I gotta wait a whole week like everybody else. That kind of sucks. Yeah, yeah, it sucks. I discovered, yeah, now that I think about it, like most of these shows, I most of my like young younger shows, I found that way. I was like, let me pick up this random DVD, like. Season one of One Tree Hill. Well, what's that? Like, what? I, I I don't know why I did things that way, but I did. So, mm. a lot of shows, a lot of those shows, it was like, oh, it's like season three is getting ready to air. So, like, I caught up and then I watched them live. So, yeah, Smallville, huge, like, very influential show. I would argue still holds up. It's on Hulu. I've watched it recently. Um, I didn't think it was gonna hold up because we have all of the Arrow and Flash and all of those shows, and it's more drawn out. Mm-hmm. Like, they give you everything up front in those shows. Like, you get a new suit every season on Flash and Arrow and everything like that. Smallville's like, no, we are doing something different here. But the formula, the feel of it is still there. So it's it's just good. Like, it's really good stuff. Um, you yeah. know, the graphics and everything hold up pretty well. Yeah, I, I, I think it's good. I, I have a fun fact about film show. I have a fun fact about Smallville that we've yet to cover on the show. Um, Marvel was super salty about the success of Smallville because it was okay. definitely not like the direction they were trying to go. They were still in the whole big buff mm-hmm. dudes and scantily clad women and everything. And yeah, it was it was in the early 2000s. So, of course, they were still holding on to that. So they came out with a book, a limited series called Marvel which was a satirical look at the comic industry conventions and different trends. And on the cover of it, they have a gentleman who is 
basically tied up to a um, a wooden fence. You know, he's bare chested and he has an M painted on his chest as he looks solemnly down. Kind of oh, like, aren't they clever? Yeah, yeah. And they, it was just so salty, so much so that the main character of this satirical book, his name was Cal AOL Turner. <sighs> yeah, yeah. Marvel, you can't see me rolling my eyes, but rest assured, I'm rolling my eyes. It, it picked up on the mic. I totally heard it. So, uh, yeah, Marvel just super salty about the whole thing. It was kind of sad. Yeah. Well, I don't feel sorry for them. They're doing okay now. Yeah, everybody. I hear they're teaching like improv classes. They're okay. (laughs) Like they're doing well. They're happy. Yeah. Like, like it might not be your definition of success, but like they're happy. You know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. What's your third one? My third one is one that I'm not sure if you've ever watched before because we've never talked about this. It was a. It was a sci-fi show on Fox in the late 90s called Sliders. Oh, I have never watched it. I have heard of it. Okay. That's a, what, that's a Jerry O'Connell one, right? Exactly. Yeah, I was going to say, what do you know about the show? Just, just I know from... it's a Jerry O'Connell show. Yeah. <laughs> I know it's basically Quantum Leap. Yeah, yeah, kind of. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. except... It's it's more. Except you slide instead of leap. <laughs> that's right, you know. But it was cool because it was like a it was a team, you know. It was it was Jerry okay. O'Connell as Quinn Mallory, John Reese Davies from you know the uh, the the Indiana Jones movies as his professor, uh, Maximilian Arturo, and then you had uh, Quinn's girlfriend Wade Wells, and she was just like a cool, spunky kind of you know gadget friendly girl was a uh, traditional in that time period of television. And then oh, you and had today. and today. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's a, she's a trope, but she was she was a she was a smart trope. Um and then you have Rembrandt Brown who uh is a an R&B singer who basically got sucked up into the first slide portal that uh Quinn opened on accident. So the reason why Sliders is uh, it holds a special place in my heart is because this was Fox getting into the sci-fi business. So this is like 95. And so of pre, course, wait, was it pre X-Files? I believe so. When I could X-Files be wrong. Oh. I got to look that up. But Sliders, X-Files, um, uh, Fringe, uh, you know. Oh, Fringe. Oh, yeah. my God. I love yeah. Fringe. Okay, so actually. Did you, okay, did you like the last season of Fringe? Because I know that's a controversial thing. I loved every episode of Fringe. I thought nope. it was just gorgeous from start to finish. I mean, um, it's peak when it, when they're dealing with like the dual universes for the first time. Oh, but like man. everything's great. That's so it's so cool. It's so freaking cool. Good, good you know? shit. Um I'm sure that the animated the CG episode that they did probably doesn't age too well, but other than that, uh, Okay, you know. the X-Files was 1993 to 2002. Okay, so uh, Sliders was a couple years after that. But still, yeah. Still, it was groundbreaking, I thought. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it was cool because, like, this was Jerry O'Connell's comeback, man. Like, you know, he was just known as that kid from Stand By Me for so long. Yeah. But now here he is, leading man, action hero, sci-fi legend. And you know what? He really had chops. He was funny. The chunky boy from Stand By Me got Rebecca <laughs> Romaine. That's right. Joke's on you. Ever so briefly, but he did. 
River Phoenix. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, no, he's, he's with her now. He's with her now. Wait. He's with her now. Uh, yeah. Uh. yeah, no, I, I come completely <laughs> glossing over that last one. <laughs> We're going back to the Chucky kid from Stand By Me, which is funny because on an MTV, like, uh, Day in the Life of special, they were following around Chris Rock as he was going to a shopping mall. And he, uh, he ran into Jerry O'Connell and he goes, Oh shit, it's that fat kid from Stand By Me. He could not remember his name, like legit verbatim. He goes, It's that oh fat my kid God, from Stand that would By kill me. me. Oh, that's horrible. <laughs> and the cameras got him. He's like, Oh, hey, how you doing? And they just, that's it. They just moved right on back to Chris Rock. <laughs> oh, that's awful. So one of the things that I loved about Sliders, um, First of all, it, it was on Fox, and Fox kind of had that cool factor back then. Um, it kept losing cast members. <laughs> so, basically, by the end of the series, uh, it had been canceled. It was on It was on Fox for three seasons, and then for the final two, it went over to the Sci-Fi Channel. And at okay. that point, I guess they couldn't afford paying Jerry O'Connell, so... They uh, just basically went with making Rembrandt the late the lead character, which is funny because he was the just the R and B singer who had no scientific knowledge whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And he just basically, uh, yeah, yeah. So Jerry O'Connell wasn't even on the show at the end. He wasn't uh, on the show at the end. Um, at one point, they even bought in Jerry O'Connell's brother Charlie O'Connell to play oh. Quinn's well, long lost brother from another dimension. <laughs> <laughs> it got deep. I mean, remember it was... how bad television used to be? Like, oh, yeah. even when it was good, there was stuff where you're like, oh, why? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, like I said, I'm sure going back to certain episodes and certain TV shows altogether, <laughs> it's not going to be good. You know, I don't I don't know if we're talking about this all timeless. I don't know if it has to even hold up like. Yeah. It could just be that influential on you. But, like, you it, enjoyed it. Who cares? Right. It was special to me at the time, you know? Yes. Um, I think about, like, something See, that didn't... I, I ranked mine differently. I, I ranked mine of, like, I can still rewatch this show. And I mm-hmm. do rewatch this show every year, every couple years, whatever. Yeah. I look at something like Buffy. Like, at the time, it was like, yes, this is feminism. This is what it's all about. Check this out. She's kicking ass. And, you know, just doesn't give a fuck about anything else it's great but then it's like you go back today with that eye and you're like oh man this show had a lot of problems it did i still really like buffy yeah yeah um team spike or team angel oh team angel all the way oh fuck no spike i mean no spike. man he's a villain no i said a bang a bang a bangity bang i said a bang 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 <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Spike gets no love from me. None. Spike can get it. I mean, her. at least like look. that. That was it. That was interesting. Like Man. watching them have this entire relationship. Like that was interesting. Anyway, no. Nope. Nope. When Angel left, I left with Angel. I went. Oh, I watched Angel. Whatever. I didn't. I didn't finish Buffy. I'm like, nah, man. Team Angel. Oh, you didn't finish Buffy? Nah, man. Get Fuck out of here. Show. Fuck get that out. last season. You Fuck know what? You. <laughs> Look at all these layers. <laughs> Technically, the last season happened in the comics anyway, because Joss Whedon came back and wrote some care. more Buffy. I don't care. That finale was good. Yeah. You didn't even watch it. What the fuck? I watched. I watched the WB finale. I didn't follow it to UPN though. 
Oh, UPN. I watched I watched the WB finale. Wait, was it was it the finale on WB where like the entire school got swallowed up by the Hellmouth, or was that before that? I never watched any of Buffy live. Mm, okay. So, okay. Um, I watched it all on Netflix. Like, okay. Okay. But like, do you remember how how early that was in the show that that, that happened? That was like season four, I believe. Cool. So yeah, seven. that was okay. that was still that was like the end of the WB years then. Right. 97, but that was like the Hellmouth. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah, 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 yeah. Where uh, yeah. Quark was the principal and all that stuff. That was great. It was good stuff. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Number four. Number four. I'm trying to decide which one I'm going to pick from this. <laughs> all right. Lost. Okay. Lost is my jam. Um, so the funny thing about Lost for me is it was a show that I hated. Mm-hmm. For a period of time, because I watched the pilot. The story of me with Lost is I watched the pilot like three times huh. um, when it aired, and then on DVD, and then I think on Netflix, something okay. like that. And every time I was like, "No, this is this doesn't this doesn't grab me. This hmm. isn't it. I don't care." And it took <laughs> my my comrades, my three my three besties going they all love lost yeah so it was Allie, brad and ryan and they love lost and they were like you need to you need to give this show a fair shot and it was one of those things where like brad pulled out his phone and was going through like the episodes like descriptions or whatever the episodes and they were all like <laughs> like a group going through kind of like oh this is a-. okay watch four episodes they were like watch four episodes and see all right. All right. So I go, I go back to Netflix. I go back to the well, watch the pilot. I'm like, still not sold, man. This isn't, this isn't working for me. And, but I keep going. And then I was like, oh my God, this show was not what I thought it was. This is not, see, everyone that got pissed about the mystery of Lost, like the mm-hmm. finale and like, why, why, why didn't it do this? Why did that? I, that was my favorite part of Lost was okay. the philosophy and the religious undertones and like the the exploration of what is humanity, what is life, what like all of that stuff. And then it was continued in The Leftovers, like like that yeah. show explored those themes on another level as well. And I know everyone was like, where's the science fiction? Where Like, that is good science fiction. Lost is good science fiction because it's exploring humanity. That's what well, good I, science fiction does. I offer you this. And I, I accept and I agree with the fact that, yeah, people got a little too wrapped up with wanting answers from Lost more than enjoying the ride. But I'll offer you this. We were folks that were watching in a real time. Getting gas. I know what you're going to say, and you're wrong. All right. All right. Well, let me finish. Just let me finish. We were getting gassed up by the ad machine. We were getting gassed up by Carlton Cuse and Damon Lindelof's (laughs) podcast. Because let me tell you something. I was hooked on Lost ever since I watched the first episode. Yeah, that's how most people were. I didn't watch it live on TV, though. I watched it right. because I rented it from Netflix back when Netflix yeah. only sent you DVDs. Like that's yeah. how long ago it was. So I started watching it there. I caught up 
in time for the second season. And from then on, it was like, I'm watching it live. I'm DVRing it. I'm watching it twice because I want to see everything that I missed out on. I'm going on the web. I want to like get all these different clues that they're laying down. And then I listened to the Carlton Cuse and Damon Lindelof podcast. Now, here's the thing about that. They kept insisting on that show. Like, hey, you were going to say we have an ending. We have this in this. They they would tease and say, we have it in this glass case over here. And if ever the show gets canceled, we're going to break the glass and we're going to just get the ending out there so you guys know what happens. We're not going to let them finish the show without a proper ending. Yeah. That's fine. That's cool. But in actuality, listening to Damon Lindelof talk about it now, he goes, yeah, no, we never really had anything. We were just fucking with you. And we were making it up as we went along. Well, that, I, okay. First of all, that's the same thing that the Battlestar Galactica creator said. And uh-huh. um, there have been similar criticisms of like it's a 50 50 thing. You either like the ending or you don't. A Battlestar, I mean. Um, yeah. I don't. I don't like the ending of Battlestar. I don't like the last season, two seasons, or whatever. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, Lost, to me, I thought you were going to be like. Like saying the thing, which is what everyone says, which is like, they said they weren't dead the whole time, but they were dead the whole time. No, they weren't. They weren't. No, no. And I don't, There's honestly, a I don't. know that like explains this perfectly. Like he goes through the whole timeline and everything like that of yeah. what exactly was going on. What is the, what, like the difference between the present, the flash forward and the flash sideways. And that's in the, in the past. Like it's all different. Yeah. Um, I, and I don't that, care about that. I, I so understand. Much, I, okay, know? so I totally understand what you're saying. Where they didn't, where you're like, they didn't have a plan. Battlestar was the same way, mm-hmm. where they were like, you know, we have a plan, but they didn't actually have a plan. I would argue that I don't care with Lost because I, I felt it was, it held up, it made sense, and I liked the ending. Yeah. Whereas Battlestar to me just crumbled like before my eyes where I was like, this is not, maybe it'll redeem itself now. Maybe now. No. Oh no. Why is that robot <laughs> dancing? What? What is happening? <laughs> like, what is happening? Yeah. Yeah. You know, so it just fell apart for me. Like, and, yeah. but to me, lost was strong to the bitter end. I cried for like an hour after mm-hmm. the finale of lost where I was just like in shambles, emotionally broken from that show. And I want to, I want to just stress again, that I do agree with you. I think the show was amazing, but certain things hurt my feelings so much. And I got in my own head and yeah. got a, got just a chip on my shoulder about it. And that's on me. And I take full accountability for this, but killing off Mr. Echo, like that got me because they built him up to be such a bad ass. You know why like, they did that though, right? Well, because the actor was leaving the show. Yeah. Yeah, and he I didn't mean, want to be a part of it. He was like, yeah, I didn't sign up for this. I'm done. Yeah, that's life. I totally get that. Michelle yeah. Rodriguez, same thing. You know, she was such a badass. And then she oh, had Oh, I her... could not wait for her to get the hell oh, off that see, show. I can't stand but... that actress. I'm all sorry. Right, all right, that's fine. But I, I get it. Like, no, no, no. I, her... let, me, let, me, let me add on to that. Like, just like you're giving the fairness. I'm like, oh, I get it. Like, I get why you like her. Like, why people like her. I totally get the appeal. I don't, I just don't get the appeal, if that makes okay. sense. Like, I, I get it, but I don't care. <laughs> I, I, I get it. No, yeah. no, no. What I'm saying is, I get it, but it's not my thing. Yeah, no, and that's you know? fine. That's totally fine. Right. It's just, at the time and for the character they were they were putting out there, I'm like, yeah, this is what I want. I want to see her story progress. 
now, I would say that that character or that season is my least favorite season of the show. I think the the, the tail end season, the se- which is season two. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It, it works overall, but it's kind of difficult to get through. Right, because this is like, if I can compare it to another show, it's like when the Care Bears bought in the Care Bear Cousins. It's like, okay, I what get that they're weird important. show to compare it to, but okay. It's like, What's well, they, they, were, they were dead the whole time, too. Shh, don't oh. tell anybody. But yeah, so like the Care Bear Cousins oh, came I in. Oh, I took a drink like, at that time. That oh, was shit. Oh, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh, it burns. All right, oh, it's worth it. Go ahead. Oh boy, I'm gonna, I hope that no, you can't die before you come to Chicago. That's that's the rule. But I can die after. <laughs> oh yeah, after. totally, totally. After. All right. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, I mean, it was just the fact okay. that, I mean, the writers didn't know it was coming, and the showrunners didn't know it was coming. But when they built up the tail section to be such an integral part of what was going on, yeah, yeah. and then they were just dropping like flies, I'm like. Well, fuck yeah. me, I guess. Okay. Goodbye, tail section people. I, yeah. I think yeah. that I, I would argue it might be a good idea for you to revisit Lost. Yeah. Um, yeah. I would say that the only thing that works against Lost from today's standards, and that's funny because it's just a couple of years, but that now we do more like 13 episodes a season, yeah. maybe yeah. 10. They were doing 22, 23 like, and that's something else that worked work. against it because Absolutely. ABC kept asking them for more. They wanted to end it. Even on the podcast, they did mention that we want to stop. We yes. want this show to have yeah. a good ending, but ABC keeps asking us for more episodes. Yeah, like the like the Jack's tattoos thing. Like yeah. that 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 criticism that that episode got and everything, which I totally understand. That was in season three. They they yeah. still they had six seasons total. They didn't want to keep doing the show. Like they they were running out of steam. And mm-hmm. they had to completely rewrite it, which is why they have the, you know, off the island stuff. And like, right. they, you know, they, they re- that's another thing, too, where you're talking about a show evolving, retooling and re everything like that show was not afraid to reinvent itself. And what to- a what a what a charming cast. Oh, my God. Oh, my gosh. Yes. We I mean, you have Michael Emerson as Ben Linus. You have Harold Perrineau as Michael. You've got the Wasp. You've got. I'm saying. Fast and Furious girl. You got Naveen Andrews. You got Saeed. You know, you got, I mean, You got okay. that guy that was on the cover of that Weezer album. Yeah. Like, <laughs> what was the name of that album again? Hurley, I right? I don't know. I, I don't know what the character black? was. It was a black album. Yeah. Sure. Why not? Uh, I mean, Daniel Day Kim. You know, yeah. come on. Come on. <laughs> brilliant all cast, these... brilliant writing. It's it's yeah. just, it's it's there for me. Like, and, and you know, the, the things that people the, – the, the problem that I have with the criticism of Lost now is that it's the stuff that people love and crave in television now. Mm-hmm. And they were groundbreaking when they did it. They yeah. set a new standard. You would not have Westworld without Lost. You mm-hmm. would not have these things. And people love it now. They love this intricate mystery and I noticed with like the leftovers, they loved that things weren't explained. Yeah, like and they I think... loved the let the mystery be philosophy of that. But with Lost, people just didn't accept it. And I don't know if that's just the curse of being the first one, like being yeah. that groundbreaking of a show. Well, but it was, with, it's really annoying. With the leftovers, I I think that by that point they were just like people had tempered their expectations plus the the average i would argue that the average viewer of hbo shows 
is used to just being left, you know, with blue balls, basically. That's true. <laughs> after Carnival, after Deadwood, you know, they're just yeah. like, well, yeah, yeah, I'm not gonna get an ending out of. I mean, Sopranos, you know, it's like they plan that. Just, that. Oh, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. 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 But I'm just using it as an example. Like people were ready to be disappointed by the ending yeah. of an HBO show. You know what I will say? I have no opinion on Sopranos. Actually, I, like I, I was kind like I kind of get upset about the Sopranos finale for people that were actual fans. It's mm-hmm. not my thing. So I'm like, you know, I don't really have a judgment on it. Like, you know, I was going to say like, oh, that was a mistake. But then like, you know what? No, I I didn't. I didn't devote. I watched like two seasons of that show. I didn't devote, you know, six, seven years, however long it was on the air to that show, getting so invested in those characters. I don't know how I would feel if I watched that finale with that knowledge in mind, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. (laughs) You didn't like it? I I dug it. I thought it was a good okay. show, but I wasn't like obsessed with it like a lot of folks were. I thought yeah. it had oh, um, very very obsessed with that show. It was visually stunning. I, I mean, when I say that, I mean just like the cinematography of the show and the. Um, if I wanted the, to watch a bunch of Italian people yell at each other, I'd just go to a family <laughs> reunion. Hey, I mean, just oh. the establishing <laughs> the establishing shots of Tony and the rest of the guys sitting outside of the deli or in the back room at the strip club or just him by the pool. Just like yeah. those moments where it's quiet, like those to me were the most beautiful of the show because it's just doing all this character work without the characters even having to say a word, you know? Yeah. Do you want me to tell, <laughs> since we're talking about the Sopranos, even though the Sopranos is not on our list, do you want me to tell a quick mob story? <laughs> <laughs> sure. Um. So I've never mentioned the name of Maiden Name and all that. So I, okay, I can talk about it. Okay. So, <laughs> oh man, I can't wait for this. Um, so <laughs> one morning, my father was having breakfast at uh, my my mom and pop pop's house, my mother's parents' house. My mom was there, my dad was there. They were just you know eating cereal or whatever, just get together. That was, you know, it's a common thing, like just going over for breakfast or whatever. That was a thing that we did. And I wasn't born yet. Um, my mom was pregnant with me at the time. So my dad was like, they were getting married. I wasn't, they didn't get married until I was like three, something like that. Oh, okay. Um, but they, you know, so like, you know, my dad was in life and everything. So, and I, I don't want to, I don't want to name any, even first names. Um, one of my mother's sisters, comes in and she's you know she's real upset because her boyfriend's being an asshole so she's like you know he's being a jerk and she's like you know he's doing this he's doing that i can't stand him i hate him i can't do that my pop pop looks up from his cereal and goes well sweetie do you want me to have him taken care of oh okay and my dad's sitting there like what the fuck (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and she goes, no, no, Pop, it's not that. It's fine. You don't need to do anything like that, Pop. It's okay. Okay, sweetie. Goes back to eating his cereal. <laughs> just, so, just as one does. Yeah, because like, the story is his brothers were, were all, you know, in it. And yeah. it was it was it was definitely like a thing. But I just love like my dad loves telling that story because he's like, oh, <laughs> don't do anything bad to this family. Okay. All right. <laughs> Cool, 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 cool. Cool. All right. You know, my dad's like from this little Indiana farm town, and then there's this, you know, 
old school Italian dude just like eating his cereal, asking if you want to have a guy killed. Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like such a soprano is like, what the fuck? Anyway, that's my mob story, guys. Holy have shit. fun. Okay. Yeah. My pop pop yeah. was not in the mob. Don't that uh, I know of. Don't cross pop pop. Gotcha. No, he's dead. It's okay. I mean, see, this is the thing. I, everyone involved, like, like you know, the people that would have been in it and everything, they're all dead. Like, mm-hmm. you know, the the siblings of him and everything like that. They were old. They they lived good long lives, and I don't know, maybe killed a couple of people. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, yeah, not no nothing. Uh, it doesn't. Hey. Like, so, so I we somehow got there, but that's that's what happens when I'm the uh, I'm the what was I'm the Bert? Wait, no, I'm the Ernie. I'm the Ernie. Yeah, or Bert and Ernie pole. Yeah, I, I thought it was the Ernie, but you're the you're definitely the Ernie. I'm the Ernie, y'all. Okay, so okay. I did Lost. So now yes, it's you your third one. Oh shit! All right, um, I'm gonna just throw like a goofy one in here just to light the mood a little bit. Uh, my no, next just, one. Fine, pick whatever. You're good. Yeah. Oh no. Well, I mean, this is this is, this is a our podcast. We're sweet and sour, baby. There you go. This is a, this is a um a franchise that I take very seriously, more seriously than it deserves. It's very close to my heart. It's near and dear to me. Longtime listeners know. People that know me basically know. Very near. Um, it's it's gonna be Darkwing Duck and Ducktales. I can't separate the two. Jesus Christ! I can't okay. I can't separate the two. I love the ducks. The Disney ducks are just magnificent. Duck. They have such hearts. They have such energy. I just mm, just just such a a, a a very deep history. And there's there's so much for you to enjoy within the duck world. It's so great. I love them. I. I can't disagree with that. I loved them when I was younger. Like I, <laughs> it felt like shade. It felt that a little was not shady. Intentional shade. That was not intentional shade. I, I, the reason that I say when I was younger is I have not seen them in years, so I can't okay. say you know. Oh, I love that show because I haven't seen. I can't. I haven't seen Ducktales in twenty years. You know, like yeah. Realistically, like I was, you know, six years old, seven years old or whatever when I was watching DuckTales. I don't remember it, you know. So um, same the... with like Animaniacs and all that. Like I was I loved those shows, but I was watching them when I was younger. I don't know if they they still hold up for me. Yeah, I, I love the I should also mention like the whole idea of Uncle Scrooge um, and, and Donald, of course, just being such a large part of um the Disney uh, mythos, I guess. Um, it's kind of cool because they, they just, they give it such respect. Like Donald Duck is an affable character and he's always getting shit on and, you know, he's always getting kicked around. But just that character alone gets so much respect from Disney. It's incredible. There's, um, of course, the Three Caballeros, uh, and I, I butchered the pronunciation, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, that movie that came out years and years ago, where he was part of this trio of um, musicians, and it was, that like, was live like a action. Three Amigos, like, parody, right? No? Yeah. Well, yeah. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. No, that was a guess. I don't remember. I, I vaguely remember what you're talking about. Yeah. So, basically, it was just him and these other two uh, birds that were part of a, a, a band that they would perform. And it was like one of those Disney type of festive movies where it didn't yeah. really have a oh, plot. I remember this. 
Yeah, it was like mixed with live action and animation and stuff. Was and that it was just a direct a to VHS type of movie? Oh, uh, I think yeah. it had a. I think it had a theatrical release, but it was okay. limited, and it was well before we were on this earth. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that was cool. But the reason I bring it up is because on the recent iteration of Ducktales, the 2017 yeah, the reboot, they bought in the three Caballeros. They Ooh. bought and they sang their famous songs and everything. And they kind of had to deal with the fact that Donald was once part of this famous trio. Okay. <laughs> you know, and it's like his nephews are freaking out like, oh, man, you had this whole secret life and we didn't even know. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. So in this universe, in the, in the current Duck universe, um, which is just basically DuckTales right now, they mention yeah. all the other Disney afternoon locales like St. Canard and Spoonerville. Mm-hmm. Um, so these are real places. Uh, one thing that breaks my heart, but is also kind of cool, is that Darkwing Duck exists in this universe, but he exists as a TV show that Launchpad watched when he was growing up. So Launchpad was never Darkwing's sidekick. It's just his oh, favorite TV show. Oh, okay. And he, he has gotcha. like a bobblehead on, on the dashboard of the cockpit of the plane. So it's him he... pretending he was in that. Right? I guess. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm sure they'll come back to it. I was going to say, a... they, they, they have a plan. <laughs> <laughs> they have a plan. And I believe it. Because... Look, unlike Lost and Battlestar, they actually have a plan here. <laughs> he has a bobblehead on the dashboard of his plane, and it says, let's get dangerous when he hits it. It's kind of cute. Yeah. Um, That's cool. Yeah. They... So I'm glad you like the new one, too. Like, you feel like I it. I definitely do. And I mean, it for those that are... The show. It honors the show, and for those that are just like peripheral fans of the whole duck thing, um, David Tennant does the voice of Scrooge McDuck now, and that's kind of cool. I that mean, is. David Tennant's I like a all great... of the cast. They have a lot of good cast members doing. Um, ben Schwartz is one of them. Uh, Beck Bennett. Who's the other guy? Who's the third? Oh, um, Community. Danny Danny Pudi yeah, Danny is Pudi. one of the. Yeah, Danny Booty's in there. Yeah. Um, who else? Uh, Bobby Moynihan, you know. Yes. Oh, so, Beck Bennett is the um, he's Launchpad pilot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it's Bobby Moynihan, uh, Danny Pooty, and the third guy is the dude from Parks and Rec whose name Benchworth. always escapes me. Benchworth. Yes, 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 yes. Okay. So yeah, I mean it's got it's got a loaded cast. Yeah. Um, and it's just, it's so cool. It's so, it's so entertaining to watch. And they even make reference to the video game, the classic NES game from my youth. Yeah. <laughs> With music cues and just stuff in the background. That's I love cool. it. That's cool. I love it so much. Yeah. No, so that's great. It's, it's worth sinking my teeth into. And there's a whole and, new generation of kids who are going to enjoy DuckTales. That's cool. And me. And me again. I mean, yes. It, it's cool <laughs> that everyone enjoys it. <laughs> Okay. All right. All right. All right. Back. Back the show to. show must serve me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's not what I wanted it to be. It's not for you, dude. Chill out. Yeah. Yeah. I'm how how about... did it ruin your childhood? How did oh, it ruin it, your it, childhood? It ruined my childhood. I'm so disappointed <laughs> that. Yeah. No. No. That's cool. Yeah. Anyway, uh, what's your next pick, Lex? Okay. Two, which I'm not. Once again, this is not in order, but. Um... <laughs> I, I feel like you probably would have guessed this one. Gilmore Girls. Of course. Of course. Of course. <laughs> Love it. Love it. How could they be left out of off, off the list? I mean, it's the Gilmore Girls. Yeah. 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 That was... 
It, I, that's once again a show I can revisit. A show I really love. The only thing I haven't revisited was the Netflix reboot because it was rough. Mm. The last really? episode was re- yes, the last episode was really good. But once again, okay, we go back. When you change format on a show, when you go from network to Netflix, she, Amy Sherman Palladino, was given free reign, and for some reason on Maisel, she's good. She, you know, mm-hmm. those episodes are like an hour long a piece, and it works and it's good. But she took Gilmore Girls and she made it four episodes, hour and a half a piece, basically, roughly. So they're basically a movie length, and mm-hmm. it something's gone, something's lost. It doesn't, it it doesn't recapture the original show until the last episode. Hmm. Yeah, that's and, wow. yeah. It's it's and I and I like the ending. Um, I understand why she why she chose the ending that she chose. I think it would have made more sense when the character was 22 instead of mm-hmm. 32. Like, you know, when the daughter was 22 instead of 32 because her being an aimless person um, made more sense for, like, a season eight of the show in the original run. But the network pushed Amy Sherman Palladino out, basically, and last year the season seven was not her running the show it was completely off um you know so so basically i I haven't revisited that but the original show the first six seasons although let's face it season six was rough but like the the first like especially when she was in high school so the first four years of that show and everything it was solid such good writing um uh, had a, had you know female the female characters were the stars of that show. Mm-hmm. There were never, you know, the the men were side characters. They were not the stars. Even like Luke, even you know their their grandfather on the show, they were secondary to the women and to their problems in their lives. That is unique even now. It was yeah. very unique in two thousand when the show started. So there's just there's something special about that show. It's there's nothing else like it. I love Maisel. I love Marvel's Mrs. Maisel. I think it's going to be on par with Gilmore Girls. Like I think it's going to be on the same level of like place in my heart. But it's ongoing. You know, it's hard yeah. for me to rank a show that's still going. Yeah, yeah. I I almost wanted to put Maisel on my list too, but I didn't include it out of spite because I still am mad that you made me love that show because it's so good. Yes, yeah. so good. So good. Yeah, uh, it's hard I, to put a show that's currently on the air too. Like, it's true. You it's don't true. know. You don't know if it'll take a weird turn, and you're not going to like it. You know. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's... I hate to say that, but like, sometimes shit happens. Like in in a show, like the first few seasons might be special for you, but then it falls apart. Like it happens all the time. Yeah, it's got to stick the landing. That's that's yeah, yeah, critical. Like I put, you know, for for my like really big sentimental love love shows like this is us is a show that i love mm-hmm. love that show i i would not put that on the list right now because i feel like i'm in the middle of the story i'm not i, I don't know the whole story yet and there's a chance that i might not like the whole story it doesn't mean mm-hmm. i'm not going to look back you know on what i've seen so far and enjoy it and everything like that but it just feels like i'm halfway through the book and i oh, can't yeah. 
quite say this is my favorite book of all time, you know? So to me, I, yeah. I understand the, the Maisel, like, no, I'm not going to put it on there because, yeah. But anyway, what is your number two? Not in order, but you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> this goes back to one that we uh, talked about at length in a previous episode, Frasier. Frasier. Okay. Frasier. Yes. Fra- yes. It's Fraser. It's Fraser. <laughs> it's Fraser. Um, it's actually Fraser. Really... It's Fraser. That's a Thirty Rock callback. Go ahead. Yes. You know, it's funny because that takes such a hard left from the the cartoon shows that I've been talking about. It's yeah. just it's so self important, but it also knows that, and it makes fun of itself because of that. And I yeah. think that because of the the character of his father being there. It made the show palatable to everyone, you know. Yeah, to, to... I, they, that show would not have worked if it hadn't been for the father. It's it's a yeah. balance, like it's a delicate balance. And Roz, like it was. Oh, for sure. Yeah. To, well, Daphne too, to a degree, but like for the most part, it was the father and the sons, like right. their dynamic between the two of them, and then, you know, the others were were spices added to it they made it work. i love the fact that it, it started out like okay this is gonna be his show but then the side characters just became so endearing and so important to the story that they got swept up as co-stars like almost every single one of them not not really Roz so much but of course his brother uh niles and his father uh and, and daphne it just seemed like they were all just the stars of the show Almost, yeah. uh, you know, almost giving it a cheers type of vibe because it was never just about Sam. It, you know, of course, they tried to focus on Sam and Diane quite a bit in those first yeah. few seasons. But after a while, it's like, no, this is everybody's show. Yeah. Um, until it became the Rebecca show. I, and then it was just kind of like, yeah. I like cheers <laughs> more than Frasier, but I understand why people love Frasier on that level. Like, I get yeah. it. Like, I do. Like, there's certain lulls in cheers that kind of push me away. And you don't think Frazier has those? I feel like Frazier was consistent throughout. Like, there's there's one season near the end where he's just kind of um, drifting along and he doesn't really have any point. Because they're, like, hard-focused on Niles and Daphne and their oh, version yeah, in relationship. That. But that's such an interesting story. It's like you don't mind that Frazier's kind of taking a back seat. And you're almost, like, annoyed when he tries to become the main character of his own show. Much like the rest of the characters on the show. Like, dude... There's more important stuff going on right now than you. Let's focus on yeah. that, and we'll get to you later. Like, who cares about your party? Just, yeah. Yeah, sit over there. It's fine. You'll be okay. Yeah. But That's yeah, funny, because um, I, I would not have picked Frasier for your list, mm-hmm. even though I know you love it. And now, like, you saying that, I'm like, oh, yeah, of course, Frasier. But, yeah. It, yeah, no, that's solid. Okay. Because from what I know, from what I hear, I shouldn't say from what I know, but from what I hear, Kelsey Grammer, not the best guy, you know. Well, uh, I don't care. <laughs> I, that doesn't. I mean, I don't have to like him to love the show. That's true. That's you true. Know? That's a, in fact, that's a testament to what a great actor and what a great job the writers and producers did of that show to make him likable on that show. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So before I picked my my last one, my number one mm-hmm. kind of thing. I realized that I forgot a show within the honorable mentions that actually probably should have been on my list. Like, like I, I probably honestly should have knocked Smallville out for this. 
which is How I Met Your Mother. Oh, yeah. I was expecting Um, that to be number one. It's not. And I forgot to put it on the list just because I love so many shows. But (laughs) I, you know, even right now, I'll kind of make an amendment to this where I'm like, "Mm, I got to put in How I Met Your Mother over, over Smallville. Because it goes back to the 30 Rock thing. You can see little things that were there. There are things in the background of How I Met Your Mother that are jokes from like two seasons before the the writing in that show was amazing. I prefer the alternate ending to the the ending that they aired. Yeah, I think that that was there. If you haven't seen the show, which is possible, you know, um, I will say watch it. Watch it all the way through and then go on YouTube and watch the alternate ending. Or you can get it on the DVDs, whatever whatever way you get it. Yeah. Um, if you've seen it, go watch the alternate ending. It's just they, – they had – you know, it's one of those things where they had the idea of how they wanted to end things and they kept going even though the show had evolved <laughs> past that. Yeah. Um, but the show is solid. Um, the cast is phenomenal. The writing – one of my favorite things about How I Met Your Mother is all but – I want to say eight, but I know it's less than ten episodes of that show. Mm. All of those episodes are directed by the same woman. Really? Yes, that is not common that. in television. That is no. very uncommon to have a director um, be that involved. Um, mm. So in movies, the director is king, right? So in in television, the writer showrunner is king. Mm-hmm. It's completely reversed. In, in in movies, the writer is a throwaway. You don't they don't respect writers in movies. They worship writers in television. Directors are throwaways on television. Um, the, uh, you know, but anyway, so it's Pamela Fryman is okay. the director. She is the, they literally called her the mother of How I Met Your Mother. She oh, that's cool. She ran the show. That is her <laughs> show. And it actually, I, I saw, it's. It, I said less than 10. She directed, I just looked it up to verify, all but 12 episodes of wow. that show. Of let's see how many episodes were there? Two hundred and eight episodes. She was involved in that entire show except for twelve episodes. That's phenomenal. Um, there's no real comparison on that. That explains a lot. It's I mean, consistent. That's, it's solid. It is, and it's it's incredible just how consistent it is, and still fresh even near the yep. end of the show. Yep. Because I got on, I got on board with how I met your mother fairly late in the game, and oh, it's really? thanks What's to my like, roughly. Oh man, um, I, I think was in two. I was early. Like I, I actually was shockingly early on that one. They were probably on season six by the time I started watching it. Okay, yeah. And it's because my buddy Reggie. Um, it was. I mean, it was a show that would have probably gotten canceled had Britney Spears not been on it. Believe That's it or true. not, you know, like she brought enough attention to it where people tuned in. They were like, wait, this show's funny. And they yeah. went and started watching it. It's crazy. <laughs> but it's like, you know, you have negative, not you, but most folks, most TV watchers have negative connotations about CBS because CBS, while it used to be cool and hip, it used to have Twilight Zone and stuff like that and Star Trek. Um, you know, they, they kind of started to really, really dig into that whole ncis thing and it was yeah. like okay i don't i'm not missing anything on on cbs it's just you know usually associated with older folks but 
with how I met your mother, it was just such a strong comedic presence yeah. that it, it, like I was saying, it's like my buddy Reggie, uh, who, you know, he's, he was in the armed forces and he traveled the world. And so he would just right. have to like buy DVD sets and download TV shows yeah. and that sort of thing completely legally. Let me just. Yeah. Yeah. I know what you mean. He's buying them online or he's, he's buying, buying them online. Yes. Yeah. I just want to make sure to drive that point home. Yeah, uh, yeah, I know. I, I, well, I know what you meant, but it's good to, to It's good to put that. that out there on the record. So anyway, he was like, dude, Matt, why you do you have... hate our soldiers? Why do you hate our troops? <laughs> he's like, you have to check out how I met your mother. I'm like, okay, yeah, sure do. Whatever. You know? And no, he's like, no, it's, it's got it's... a weird name. It's a three camera classic sitcom. Like, you exactly. know, it's difficult to sell people on. It's got Neil Patrick Harris. It's like, oh, who cares about Doogie anymore? You know, oh, I guess he was in Harold and Kumar, but whatever. Yeah. But no, man, like this, this is the reason this, this gave him a platform to really shine. Oh, to really absolutely. Bring out that comedic timing that he had and, and just that showmanship. And oh my God, he was amazing on this show. Like there's I, there's no way argue, not to love Barney. I would argue he it has a huge impact just for the fact that he came out as gay on that show. Mm-hmm. And it did not first of all, it did not affect the show, whereas previously like Ellen coming out as gay like ended her show and you know, she broke that ground. But like when he came out as gay, it was like, Okay, and like pe- maybe people were surprised or whatever. He was a straight man on that show and nobody mm-hmm. questioned it on that show. Right, right. He, he broke came a out barrier. As, he came out as gay, and I'm sure the producers are like, "Okay, cool. Will you still be a hoe? All right, great, yeah. awesome. You're still yeah. here. Yeah, no, awesome. it it was. You know, he's one of those people that you can look to, and you can go, "Oh, he can. He's an actor. He can mm-hmm. do like that's the part that all you know always bugs me about stuff like that. Where I'm like, no, don't say. You know, I talked about it in the past. Like, don't say this actor can't play this straight character. Right. Because he's gay. That has nothing to do with it if he's a good actor. You know, Neil Patrick Harris was, I remember, you know, that being a, a, a big deal when that happened. Right. Um, right. And so that was really cool. So I didn't have that on my list, and now I regret that. And now I love Smallville, but I'm going to kind of, you know, knock that out <laughs> for how I met your mother. But I can't <laughs> ignore my, my number one. Yeah, yeah. Which well, is, I, if I tell you, you had what. to guess, if you had to guess my number one now of things that I've mentioned – Things that I didn't, I, I haven't mentioned. What would you guess? Shoot, man. Uh, you already mentioned the office, right? Yeah. It, yes, yeah. I did. You and this did. is the you one, did. this is the one where I thought we would intersect. That's why oh, I saved it for last. Shoot. Um, I'm going to go with probably Parks and Rec. Nope. Whoa. Okay. What is it? It's Mad Men. Holy shit. Okay. Yes. Yep. Yes. That, that tracks. That does track. It does track. Man, yeah. The Mad I, Men, I, guys. I love Mad Men. I love it. It's not PC. It's not clean. Um, it's the the protagonist is an antagonist almost. Like, you know, he is his own. It's, it's about really fucked up people mm-hmm. trying to deal with a very fucked up world. Um. I love that era as dirty and terrible as it can be. Um, I would not want to go back to it <laughs> because it's, <laughs> it's bad for, for yeah. women, for minorities, for, you know, for basically everyone who's not rich white male. But mm-hmm. the show I feel and, and, and people have argued that it glamorizes it. 
I would argue that it shows from the first episode. I think they they show they they have the thesis of the show, which is it's John Hamm, Don Draper sitting with Maggie Siff, which is she's um, was it Amanda or something? She's the same actress who ended up going on Sons of Anarchy, um, mm-hmm. uh, shortly after that, playing Jax's um, Jax's like love interest on that show. Yeah. She they're having a conversation, and she goes like. I, I didn't realize that it's difficult for you men too. I didn't realize that. And, and to me, that establishes like, oh, this show is about like universal suffering. This show is about, you know, some people can be redeemed, but some can't because they keep falling back into the same issues and the same problems. It it has visually. The writing, the music, the acting, everything about it, it's one of those shows that's praised on that level, and I believe it deserves all of the praise. I love it all the way through. Um, I Particularly, in my opinion, by the time the show ends, I feel all of the female characters are elevated and all of the male characters have fallen. All the male characters, let me rephrase that, that should have fallen, have fallen, at least to a degree. yeah. yeah. Um, and the female characters are elevated, but they are not in the position that they should be. And that, to me, is kind of realistic of, like, karma kind of working its way out. Anyway, I, I love it. I love the show. Um, I know you love it as well. Yeah. I actually love it um, not only for the reasons you've mentioned, but also for the reason that I've mentioned about Sopranos, because there are moments in that show, there's these... these identifying moments where the characters are just kind of taking in everything and it says so much about who they are. Yeah. I think about a specific moment where, um, oh my goodness, Peggy and uh, who was the uh, the office manager Chick Christina Hendricks played? What was her name? Joan. 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 Okay, yeah. yeah. So Peggy and Joan are just in the elevator together and they've both had just this tremendously bad day mm-hmm. or week or whatever and they hate each other like they yeah. absolutely cannot stand each other but even in this moment it was like they just had to like game recognize game you know yeah. <laughs> like yeah. you know look we're both women we're both working hard you know i i sympathize with you in this moment and they just kind of had that moment of of just seeing eye to eye after so many years of just being at each other's throats and it it just like it was beautiful it was a beautiful moment yeah i think that the show explores the damage of societal, like, you know, classes, issues like that, and and just what childhood trauma can do to a person. I think yeah. that is a fascinating... And, and the, the traumas throughout our lives, like the mini traumas, I, I'm not going to say, because there might be people that haven't watched Mad Men, and you should go watch Mad Men, seriously. Um, but, like, the trauma that Peggy deals with, at the end of season one and into season two affects her entire life going forward. And, 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 you know, there's, there's that moment where Don goes, you know, you'd be amazed how you can bury things, how you can forget things, how you can, Hmm. you know, abandon this. And, but you can't, you know, and that's kind of one of the big things in the show. It's like, you can't outrun it, but you can at the same time. It's very, it's just a very, it's so well done. 
Um, I've I visited I've visited that show about three times now, I believe, all the way through. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to again, <laughs> especially talking <laughs> about it. Like it's going to happen again. Yeah, um, yeah. And I'm going to get sucked in just like I always am. Um, it is it is so fun watching John Hamm get unraveled, just become increasingly yeah. unraveled. When he when he says, I can it, the it's like salt in the wound. I can still feel it when he says, I don't think of you at all. I'm yes. like, oh my god. Yes. <laughs> What? <laughs> what? I mean, oh man, just beautiful. It's uh, just, anyway, that's that's yeah. that's it. You know, like that. <laughs> it's, it's hard to top that show for me. It really, yeah, totally. I mean, he's he's such a villain. Like he is yeah. the just epicenter of everything wrong in that situation. But, but there but, is that thing where you where the and you can see why the women want to fix him. Want to right. like he's that. There's some there's a charm to him. There's something about him that you're like, you know, there's something wrong with you, but I can't look away at the same right. time. You know, it's right. just and I could see why women, why people of color, why, you know, any marginalized person would not like Mad Men or would be concerned about Mad Men. I think well, I mean, that there you... are men that probably view that show and they view it in a problematic manner. Yeah, yeah, and but then, you know, I, it's, I, it's, you can't it, control that. You can only look at like you can only view the art that way. And and for me, I I don't believe in going. Well, this shouldn't be made because someone might view it that way. I I disagree. I'm sorry. Like it's like all the all the guys who look at um Scarface and see it as you know, hey, this is. Right. What I want to be. This is something. This is this is a hero here. You know, they don't see him as the villain yeah. of his own story. It's it's a scary thing, but yeah, I, I totally get where you're coming from with that. But Mad right, Men, like we've talked about violence in video games. Like, yeah, you can you can get a video game and be you know super into it and lose sight of reality. That doesn't mean that that's the norm. That doesn't exactly. mean that the video game shouldn't exist. Maybe you shouldn't you know get it so easily. I don't know. I I don't I don't know how you go about that. But like. You know, the idea of of this should I, I don't like that thing that we're in. And I feel like we're kind of doing it a little bit in our culture now. And sometimes it's good and sometimes it scares me where I'm, where it's like it should. It's almost like it shouldn't exist. And I'm like, I don't know, man. Like, you know, I, I think that we should just teach people to think more critically about things. Um, yeah. You know, if you're watching Mad Men and you're not looking at it like a painting, trying to evaluate exactly what the artist was thinking and, and feeling and intending and not intending and everything like that when they when they painted this. If you're just like, look at the pretty set and look at the cigarettes and man, they could drink <laughs> and like, yeah, grab that girl's ass. That's awesome. Like, no, you should not. No, you should not be no. viewing it that way. And if you are, you need to you need to. You know, reevaluate your life <laughs> and well, the way I mean, you view art. I get you. It, it's it's like there's certain levels to entertainment. Um, even using something uh, just that isn't as uh, polarizing uh, of that nature. Yeah. Um, just hey, I like if somebody likes Back to the Future and they don't yeah. see all the intricate, you know, threads that are tied through Back it. Back to and the, the Future is about a kid trying to fuck his mom. You know what? Basically, Done. yeah, yeah, that's it. <laughs> if that's what you want to see. And there's, I guess that's the movie for you. I don't know. But if you just see it from that aspect where it's like, okay, it's a kid that goes back in time 
and he has an adventure and he goes back to the future and that's the whole story yeah. and you don't see all the little subplots and all the little things that tie into it and how things change when he comes back yeah it, it's still entertaining you know it's still entertaining in both ways right. so i don't i don't bemoan anybody for for enjoying entertainment how they want to enjoy it however i do bemoan people that take entertainment too close to the heart and start to try to emulate things that they see that, on the I, screen. That's what I meant, too. Yeah, I don't mind if you watch it just for the enjoyment of watching it, but I do yeah. agree that there's something wrong if you're if you're hero-worshipping a person who is not supposed to be hero-worshipped. You could say the same right. thing about Tony Soprano. You know, like, you could... It's the exact same thing. Like, like this is an anti-hero. This is not... A person that you should be emulating. This is a person who you should be evaluating and going, oh, do I do these things? Does someone I know do these things? How do I change that? You know, like you should be looking at it. If you're gonna, if, if you're gonna look at it on that level, like that's what you should be viewing it. I think. I don't know. Or just yeah. enjoy it. You know, I don't. Well, just I don't enjoy know. it. I mean, John Hamm and Christina Hendricks are some very pretty people. So if yes. you just want to watch it to see pretty people, go for it. They're there for you. I know. I just struggle with that because I'm like, why? Like, like <laughs> yeah, your life. But yeah, it's okay, yeah, you know. That's whatever. Right. Do you what know, you some do. People, you do. Some you people go. turn on the TV just to have company, you know. Yeah. That's kind of sad. True. We're gonna move on. <laughs> oh, okay. are we gonna talk about my childhood? Oh, oh god no what's your I mean, number that's kind one of mine too. my number one and the show that i put on so i wouldn't feel so lonely when my dad was out driving a taxi um oh, star trek the next generation is my number one that's the picard right the that picard. is the picard yeah. one oh. yes yeah yes okay. it is cool. yes it is there's so many i am shocked you did not have mad men on there man i I, I know. could have sworn we were both going to have Mad Men. Anyway, go ahead. I know. Card. And I'm, I'm disappointed that I forgot about that. That's that's my How I Met Your Mother. That's your right hymn? Yeah, okay. That's, that's my hymn. So Star Trek The Next Generation, it, it woke something up inside of me, basically. Um, I joke about watching it while my dad was out driving a taxi. Can you tell us about your first sexual experiences? <laughs> With Denise Crosby. It made something no. inside of me burn. His bald head. Oh. Well, I mean, Marina Sirtis was quite fetching, but yeah, <laughs> fetching. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Go ahead. That's how I. That's how I circumvent saying she was a total smoke show. Yeah. But yeah, basically. Um. Great cast, you know. Just like I said with Lost, top to bottom, this was a fantastic cast. Yeah. And the way that I was really hooked into, um. Star Trek The Next Generation was through Reading Rainbow. <laughs> oh, okay. Then that makes sense. That checks out. I mean, think about it. You yeah. have you have your Bob Ross. You have your Mr. Rogers. You have LeVar Burton. And this man is the one that tells me all these baller-ass books that I should be reading and stuff that I should know about. And it's like, cool, man. Great. And so one episode, he decided to take a tour of his new workplace, which was the set of Star Trek The Next Generation. Now, of course, by this point, I had it's seen Star Trek. It's a crossover episode. So I'd seen the regular Star Trek by this point, and it was stuffy. And I'm like, I don't care about this. They're this rough, is corny. Man. Those old... Oh, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Especially by the 90s, it was like, okay, I can't. You know, why are they gangsters in this episode? I don't understand. The cartoon, that was even worse. Because they just... Ugh. No, no. It was like between episodes of Lassie and Dennis the Menace on Nickelodeon. 
Mm-hmm. So, growing up, I wasn't that big a fan of Star Trek, just the vanilla version. But when Next Generation happened, it was like, these special effects are new, they're crisp. Yeah. You know, we've got all these amazing, uh, you know, ships and the set pieces are fantastic. And this is the future. This is the real future now. Yep. And now that LeVar Burton is introducing me to all this, I want to know as much as I can about Star Trek. And that got my dad excited because he loved Star Trek growing up. Oh, that's so cool. You know, we were able to bond by watching The Next Generation where, you know, like, because at the time my parents were divorced. So I would be watching it on my own and then he'd watch it on his own. And the next time I saw him, I'd be like, did you see that episode Aww. where that giant blobby thing came? It was great. You know, all that's that so stuff. That's cool. so cool. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So it was kind of cool. And just throughout my, um, you know, uh, preteen to teenage years, he and I would just kind of like bond over that, like all the way through next generation, all the way into, uh, deep space nine. Uh, we were just loving Star Trek and I, I just could not get enough of that world. I had the Star Trek encyclopedia written by the producers of the show and I would read that thing from cover to cover. Like, seriously. Yeah. That's how obsessed that I was. Oh, no. I had, like, like the same thing with, like, Smallville. Like, I had, mm-hmm. you know, episode guide books and, like, novels based on Smallville and stuff like that. You know, that kind of, that kind of stuff. So I totally get that. Yeah, yeah. And then, of course, the cherry on top of all that, the majority of the actors uh, moving over to uh, the Gargoyles cartoon. To voice those characters. Oh, yeah. That's true. Man. Like, you know, Jonathan Frakes, of course, is Xanatos. It was like the perfect casting. So, yeah, I really dug it. From top to bottom, Star Trek The Next Generation. Um, Of course, looking back at Deep Space Nine, sure, that was the better series. But at the time, it was like, this is brand new. This is fresh. This is interesting. Yeah. You know? And, uh, of course, you know, getting getting a powerhouse like Patrick Stewart helming the whole thing. You can never underestimate, like... When it's groundbreaking like that. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Deep Space Nine, it was an important show. It was it was just like at that time of my life, it was just so dark. And it was like, where's the ship? It's Star Trek, but they don't have a ship. What's going on? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes, kind of sometimes things are like they don't you're you're like, this is boring. I don't care about this crap. And then you get older <laughs> and you're like, oh, no, this is my favorite. Like, this right. is the best. I just wasn't ready for it. So yeah. I was ready for Next Generation, and it hit me at just the right time. Awesome. We got we got Will Wheaton out of it. We got Wheaton. Patrick Stewart. We got Whoopi Goldberg coming back, being a kick-ass Guinan. Like, I even remember one of the movies that spun off from the show. She was just, like, kicking major ass. She was the one always trying to warn them about Q. Like, yeah. No, she was, she Beware was the best. Q. Yeah. Beware of that Q. And then, of course, um, Majelle Barrett. You can't overlook uh, Majelle Barrett. She was uh, Gene Roddenberry's wife, and she was the voice for the computer from Star Trek, the original series, on until the time she passed away. Yeah, okay. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. So that was kind of um, cool that she was so involved. And she also played Deanna Troy's mom. Luaxana Troy on the show on uh, Next Generation as well. So I think she was even on uh, on Deep Space Nine a couple episodes. But I digress. Anyway, Star Trek: The Next Generation. I I have to admit, I'm not a big Star Trek person. I've tried. I can't really get into it. I understand why people love it though. 
Yeah, I mean that's fine. I totally I, get the it. The only it's... time I've been into it is Janeway. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I'm I'm a, I would say I'm a Voyager person, but yeah, you know. yeah, that was groundbreaking too. I mean they just kept on just doing interesting stuff. I love so. me red. So mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. red. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, she's the best. All right. Well, this. So, well, what's funny about this is I did not expect this to be an entire episode. I know. I made but we notes. Had some we strong made notes thoughts. for other stuff, and now I'm like, I don't care about this other crap. This is fun. <laughs> well, let's let's go over one more of the uh, the notes that we got online, just because this goes back to something we were talking about on the last episode, which was uh, our confusion about all the various secret wars that yes. were going down. So we got a message from the one and only Kelsey Nicole. Kelsey Nicole, who you may know from such podcasts as The Shipping Manifest and uh, the other one whose name I'm going to plug in later. <laughs> if you're if you're waiting for me to save you, good luck, I was, buddy. I, was really I got hoping. a goldfish brain. I'm Ernie, man. I can't do this. Um, <laughs> okay. Um, how many minutes is this? Save, into what save I'm me, gonna... Bert. Save me. Okay. Hold on. Hold on. Up to my hijinks again. Hey, Bert. Oh, um, that's good. Yeah. Good. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's just Kermit with just like, you know, a human voice. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. Hey, Bert. Uh, hey, what are we? We are an hour 47 in. Okay. Yeah. So, Kelsey Nicole, who you know from No Budget Dreams and the Shipping Manifest podcasts. I don't think we've ever discussed the shipping manifest. That's actually a really cool show that she does with a friend of hers where they talk about all the various relationships uh, within the comic world. And on the most recent episode, they talked about the Avengers quite a bit. And uh, yeah, the, the romantic tale of how Luke Cage and Jessica Jones got together. So give that a listen. Uh, <laughs> for those of you who know how that happened, then you'll, you'll, see me winking through the airwaves here anyway yeah so she actually did give us a little bit of a breakdown about uh what the secret wars was all about and i'm pulling that note up now so john craig said something about a breakdown for of secret wars yeah he threatened to write in too but he didn't come through in time for the episode so oh, cool so why did i give you a shout out john craig yeah john craig what's up with that <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> but seriously, John, if you want to write in, give us your, your take on it. Definitely do that as well. So, uh, Kelsey says Secret Wars was Hickman's event that destroyed the multiverse in Marvel. What the goal was ultimately was to bring everything together rather than have a confusing continuity of multiple versions of the characters. It oh, brought okay. ultimates to an end, miles into the main continuity, and basically destroyed the Fantastic Four and the Illuminati. So I didn't realize all that. Um, I know that it did fold everything in on itself. I know that Miles had taken different dips into the 616 continuity of Marvel, which uh, was always an entertaining read. But I didn't know that it just like firmly put him in that world. I thought he was still just like a transplant over from Ultimate. Yeah. Yeah, I... So. I didn't. I I, <laughs> I didn't know any of this stuff, so I'm like, okay, cool, that makes sense. Yeah. All right, cool. And you know, the the whole point of basically destroying the Fantastic Four was because Marvel was still salty that the Fantastic Four rights were held by Fox. God, they are salty about a lot of shit. Man, like, they are this some does salty not bitches. Seem necessary, yeah. No, no, yeah, they are some salty bitches over at Marvel. Yeah. Um, 
even with the X-Men stuff, like for a long time, and which was fascinating to me, they didn't have any Wolverine action figures on the shelves. It's like, how do you not have Wolverine? We don't like that Hugh Jackman. I guess not, man, because they were kicking ass over there with Logan, and Marvel was like, oh, no, that's not our movie. We don't care. So they even went as far as to exclude the X-Men from Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom, what was it, 4, yeah, I guess? I remember By sa- some statement saying, who even remembers who Wolverine is anymore? Like, oh, my God. <laughs> He's only the most famous X-Man. Right. He is the X-Man. The X-Man, <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> Anyway, so yeah, I guess uh, we should. Well, I mean, thank just, you uh, for thank you for writing in and explaining that because I I was I was confused. Um, yeah, thank so, you, thank Kelsey. You. Always always a pleasure to hear. And thanks from. for threatening us with it. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> there are other secret wars to go over, so I'm sure he's going to find something yeah. to tell us about. Yeah. Um, I guess we should probably dip into our comic choices of the week. <laughs> oh, she scoffs. No. <laughs> guess what? My choice Uh-oh. is the same one as last week because I still haven't read it what? because I've been oh, dealing no. with school. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I dig. Um, I've been writing like three papers or whatever. So yeah. guess what, guys? Shazam Volume 1. I'm going to finally <laughs> crack it this week. <laughs> We'll allow it. We'll allow it. It's fine. Shazam volume um, one continued. <laughs> continued. <laughs> so that's a good choice. It's I, Jeff Johns, by the way, the Jeff Johns. I sincerely Shazam. enjoyed. Yes, I sincerely enjoyed uh, Grayson, which yeah. was a book actually recommended highly by Kelsey uh, several times in the past, and I finally got around to reading it. It was really great. I enjoy the innuendos that are baked into it. Uh, I'll post some screenshots so you guys can laugh along with me too. Because oh, yeah, they, yeah. Get a little, they get a little like naughty, like Archer, naughty in there. It's it's pretty funny. Like um, kind of like Hawkeye did. Yeah, but even more so. Oh, like, cool. There's there's a lot of obsession with like Nightwing's booty. Oh, which okay. Is kind of funny. Hawkeye made me laugh a lot. I enjoyed yeah. that fraction. So that if it's like that, then I'm sure I'd dig it. Yeah, I think you will. Um, you know, it is. It does have that same dry sense of humor. Um, so this week, I actually chose a book based on the recommendation of a coworker of mine. He is a comic fan as well, but he likes a lot of the more darker, like gritty type of stuff. Okay. And so, you know, oftentimes on Mondays, because he, he usually reads over the weekend with his kids, um, he'll tell me about a book that he was enjoying and, you know, just tell me, yeah, yeah, you got to check it out. You got to check it out. He likes Hellboy and Godzilla and like the, the, um, IDW Ninja Turtles stuff, you know, that's. Oh yeah. IDW Ninja Turtles is good. It is. Or I liked it years ago when they first launched it and I was reading it. Yeah. They, they take really good care of that property. So shout out to IDW for that and Ghostbusters as well. Um, so he, he recommended this book to me and it's one that I've seen the cover for several times, but I didn't know what it was about. Um, it's called ice cream man and, uh, volume one is titled rainbow sprinkles. It's okay. by, yeah, Maxwell, uh, W Maxwell Prince and Martin Morazzo. So ice cream man, according to the description and what he was telling me as well is a general, uh, John, John, blah, blah, blah. Ice Cream Man is a genre-defined comic series featuring disparate one-shot tales of sorrow, wonder, redemption, and more. 
Each installment features its own cast of strange characters dealing with their own special Sunday of suffering. And on the periphery of them all, like the twinkly music of his colorful truck, is the Ice Cream Man, a weaver of stories, a purveyor of sweet treats, friend, foe, god, demon. The this man... sounds... This sounds like he's molesting these children. I'm it, not. I'm not mm, comfortable with this. Thankfully, that doesn't take place. He told me about some of the stories contained within, and while they are gory, uh, there's no molestation happening. Thankfully. Um, Yet. It, volume two. It, <laughs> volume two. <laughs> Ice Cream Man touches the kids. No, Aww. we don't want that. We don't want that. But the reason um, that he, he kept hemming and hawing over recommending it, because he's like, it's pretty dark even for me. And I'm like, does that mean you liked it? Or he goes, I got to come back to you. So he came back later in the day. He's like, yeah, I still don't know. Hold on a minute. And he's like, yeah, okay. Yeah, you should read it. You should check it out. You should check it out. So <laughs> I'm, I'm going to take his advice and I'm going to read it. Okay. So if I need therapy after this, guys, it's because of Ice Cream Man. <laughs> well, that's just sweet, sweet content. So. Oh, my God. Oh, puns. Yeah. Okay. So this kind of reminds me, like the premise reminds me of the uh, – the Vertigo House of Mystery type stuff. Oh, okay. Where it had yeah. a framing sequence. I don't know and, what that know. is. I don't know why I'm like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I got oh, yeah, 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 no. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's like Tales from the Crypt, basically. Yeah, okay, I know what that one is. Framing sequence. I actually know what that one is. Okay, okay. Cool. So, that's my pick. I'll let you guys know what I think of it next episode. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, anything else? We're not talking about no. that shit. I mean, we we had a hefty episode full of we TV did. talks. That was so. fun. It was. was a good one. Yeah, it was good to kind of stray away from some of the heavier stuff because let yeah, me tell you guys, stuff. that was a good. Yeah, that was a good. I I did not expect it to be a whole episode, but there you go. I know we love yeah. us some TV. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, my only thing is, uh, guys, rate, review, and subscribe. Got That's right. Do it. You gotta give us that rating. Come on. You gotta give us that sweet, sweet rating, and you gotta check us out on the social medias yeah. at Lex and Matt at across Lex and the Matt. board. Matt, mm-hmm. what's your what's your personal um, handles for your your tweets and your your instas and whatever else you want people to follow you by? I'll just le- at Lex and Matt. I don't know. No, it's uh, <laughs> at Mighty Ink Matt <laughs> on Twitter. And on Instagram. Check me out. Check me out. Yeah, we haven't plugged that in a while. Like, so yeah. um, I'm at the Lex Lutz on uh, Insta. I'm not on uh, on the Twitter. Yes, you are on the Twitter. You're on the Lex and I'm Matt Twitter. I'm on the Twitter. Lex and Matt Twitter. Let me tell y'all, Lex is such a flirt on the Twitter with the ladies of the other podcasts. I mean, it's just amazing. What? I did not you do, do anything. Oh, man. Because <laughs> sometimes I'll get notifications and it's like, who liked this? I didn't tweet that out. Oh, wait Liking a minute. Liking <laughs> and tweet. That's not. Hey, hey, do I need to put, do I need to put a, um, a faves are not, you know, flirting thing? Damn. <laughs> I don't know who Babs Gray is, Shit. but she likes your style. That's all I'm saying. Shit. Huh? Jesus. Oh, no. I'm just saying. <laughs> All right. I mean, well, first, I'm, I'm hitting on Evan Rachel Wood on there, but like that's I mean, that's normal. Like that's only like good for everybody. Stalking Drew Barrymore, like that's well, just hell, normal. No, you mean you're stalking Drew Barrymore? Anyway, I'm writing your coattails. That's all I'm doing on there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if if Evan Rachel Wood puts us on, I'm just totally writing your coattails. Oh my gosh, that's it. to glory. That yeah. anyway, 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. She she still hasn't accepted the ring I sent her, but one day. <laughs> one day. <laughs> yeah. All right, folks. Well, Sorry, everybody we thank you. To stalk you. We, <laughs> we thank yeah. you for accepting our invitation to listen to yet another episode of Lex and Matt's Excellent Venture. Have a good week, everybody. Be excellent to each other. Right.